teacher friend, welcome to another episode of Simply Teach, a podcast for teachers and by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. I'm a former teacher turned classroom organization and management coach. My passion is to help teachers just like you organize, manage, just love their classrooms. Each episode is full of simple ways to engage your students, stay motivated, and keep up with best practices. Because y'all, I know teaching is hard, but I am so glad that you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Simply Teach. This week you're listening to episode number 33, and I am chatting with Linda Cardamus from Teach for the Heart podcast. If you remember episode 22 with Ashley O'Gal, we talked about Linda. Linda is a former teacher, now the owner of her business, Teach for the Heart. She's written books for classroom teachers to help them throughout their journey as a teacher. She also has a couple devotional type books for teachers. One, which she's doing right now, Teach Uplifted, as a program that you can work through, and it's not too late to jump in and join them. I'll link to it in my show notes. But I absolutely love everything that she's creating because teaching can be so draining mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of it. Linda also has a podcast, which I highly recommend, and she talks about an array of topics from grading homework to how you can build relationships with students, time management, remaining grounded in your faith while teaching. One of the things that I love about her podcast is that they are for the most part, all less than 20 minutes, which is something that I clearly have yet to master, but they are all bite-sized pieces of amazing content and ideas that you can consume quickly while driving to work, walking the dog, doing the dishes, whatever it is that you're doing. When I first heard her podcast, I knew that I had to have her on mine. And today we're going to talk about classroom management techniques, as well as time management and stress management strategy. We also talk about the concept of Sabbath and how exactly you can manage that when there's so much on our plate. I know that you're going to leave this interview feeling encouraged. Here's my conversation with Linda. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the Simply Teach podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, Will you start out and just tell the listeners who you are and what you do? I've been listening to you for a while, but for people who may not know you, give us a little intro. Sure. My name is Linda Cardamus I'm from Teach for the Heart, and I started teaching back in 2008, and I taught middle school math, a little bit of English, a little bit of accounting uh, at a Christian school in Ohio until I had my first baby. And at that point, we kind of always knew when I had kids, I'd step away from teaching for a while, you know, raise them, hopefully come back one day. And I kind of thought I'd just have to take this big break from education. I was a little bit... Okay, I was a lot <laughs> sad about it, but I was, you know, coming to terms with it. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool um, how, like, God just led, and I was able to write a book for teachers, and then that led to um, our website, Teach for the Heart. And so now um, that's what me and my husband do. That um, along with I, I, full time is a very relative term. Um, we we have our kids. We're obviously still in that you know young kids phase. I've got a fourth one on the way. Um, so, (laughs) so we're very busy with that. Still love to go back to teaching someday, but right now we're at working with teach for the heart. So we do have a podcast, blog posts, uh, some online courses, uh, all kinds of just support, uh, for teachers. So your husband works with you on this. Yes. He just started that last year. That's so so fun. What did he do before? And then what is like, when He's a graphic designer, so oh, he perfect. worked at an agency before, and now he does, you know, he's really helped me a ton because I was just kind of piecing it together myself. So he's doing all our graphics and a bunch of other things too, which is great. Yeah. I always joke with my husband. I'm like, maybe one day the Simply Organized teacher will be so big and I'll make so much money that you'll get to quit your job and come and work for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you 
well, you were talking about um, leaving the classroom and like feeling kind of that sadness about it. And I just left the classroom and I was at a point where I was kind of ready for a break, but I've been really mm-hmm. surprised at how much I miss the classroom being out of it. Yeah. And I've only been out for what, since June, you know, so not even that long. And it's like, okay, I guess I really am a teacher at heart because after it just, after summer was over, I was like, I miss them. I miss those kids. So that's for sure. Only, yeah. But you just did like a recent long-term sub job, right? I did. And when you were saying that it was really just bringing back all that, I I would, I, God really just worked it out, but I was, I had an opportunity to go back to the school that I taught at before. And, um, one of the teachers had had surgery and needed someone to take over for seven weeks. And so I ended up teaching a geometry class there, uh, for seven weeks. And <laughs> it was a challenge because I was in my first trimester of pregnancy. I was training for a marathon and I was like, do I really want to add one more thing? But it just, I'm so glad I was able to do it. It was so great to be to help them out and also just to be back in the classroom for a little bit and just, um, it was funny. I, I'd been out for a few years. So I kind of almost wondering like, do I remember what it's like to be teaching? You know, is this, is, do I, you know, have I forgotten? And I got back in there and I'm like, nope, it's this, <laughs> it, things have changed a lot. Obviously, you know, things are always changing, but I'm like, nope, um, this is how it is. And it was, it was fun. It was challenging, but it was, it was really great to be back in the classroom for a little bit. What was the hardest part of going back in after the break? Well, it was such a unique situation. Being a long-term sub is really unique because as a just short-term, you know, a a day sub or two-day sub, it's like you just do exactly what the teacher says. Mm -hmm. And and then as the teacher, you're solely responsible for the class, right? It's your plans. It's your everything. But as a long-term sub, you don't just have, they don't, they don't just leave you with, here's everything to do. They leave you with this like rough outline. So you're kind of responsible, but it's not your class. So it was this like fine line of figuring out like, how much do I just do what I think should be done? And how much do I try to stick with what the teacher did? And it was the beginning. It, she'd only been there for three weeks. So they weren't totally established yet either. So it was this really, there was this initial phase of trying to figure out, you know, how is this going to work? But once we got past that, it, it got a lot easier. So Yeah. And I think about like classroom management, that aspect of like trying to balance how, you know, they manage the class and then your differences, I feel like can be. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, I didn't do a lot of the things I would have normally done. And that, so it was a little bit more chaotic than I, like I would have maybe liked, but I think it worked Mm -hmm. short term. It would not have, it reminded me though, how important all those things were because, you know, by the end of the seven weeks, I was like, this could not continue long-term. It would like this, it would have to, you know, be more tight, but, um, but it worked for what it was. Well, let's talk about that. You mentioned um, in the form that I sent you kind of about your classroom management journey and how (laughs) it started out. So tell us that story or the highlights, I guess. Yeah. Well, I've always been someone that didn't really like confrontation. Um, I did not like to, you know, tell people they, they need what they needed to do or anything like that. And I somehow managed to like skate through my student teaching, not skate. I mean, it was a very challenging student teaching, but I kind of managed to not have to deal with too much discipline. <laughs> uh, the school was pretty structured and the advisory teachers were normally there. So they normally kind of, I was able to just do a couple looks or like, didn't really have to do that much. They kind of just didn't, I didn't face that fear there. So I arrived in my first classroom and kind of just like, I I had to one face that fear. And number two, I hadn't really figured out 
what am I going to do when students misbehave? And it kind of, it, to make a long story short, the way that sc- the school I had done my student teaching at, they were crazy strict with it. It was like, if you talked once, you got a detention. And I knew that's not what I wanted to do, but I didn't figure out what I was going to do instead. I think I thought I could skate by with just some, you know, give them a look and that would be enough. You know, I, I did really fall into that fallacy of, you know, don't, you know, let, let, the, I'll just let the little things go. It's no big deal. You know, they're just, they're, they're just put their head down. They're just talking a little, it's, it's not a big deal. And we all wish it wasn't a big deal, but right. I learned that little problems don't stay little. So since I didn't deal with any of those little issues, they just started to escalate and escalate and combine that with my fear of confrontation. It just was a really, really bad combination. And I do remember sometime in October, the principal calling me into his office and just saying, like, are you aware of some of these things that are happening? And I wasn't. And he's like, you have to muster, like, every ounce of authority you can get and, like, figure this out. And I remember, like, holding it in until I got to the car and just, like, breaking down. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Um, but I don't know. I, I had some great – I had my administration and my the other teachers at that school were great. And they were really helpful. And um, I ended up going with this system where, where my one t- teacher recommended just like going to this warning system where when a student talked, she had me write their name on the board even. And it just, I just needed a system. I needed a plan to deal with things when they were smaller and not wait till they got bigger. And it was really hard to rein things in that first year because I, every, you know how it is. Once everything's out of control, it's so hard to rein it back because the bad, the bad habits are already there. So that uh, to be honest, the whole rest of that year was a struggle, but it was a worthwhile struggle because while my classroom improved somewhat during that year, I learned the skills I needed to. I like conquered my fear of saying, stop talking. Like I should not be afraid to say that, you know, (laughs) I gave out my first attention after calling my husband for moral support first, you know, like I I got past some of these barriers and I started to learn, I started to build the skills myself. And so, like I said, my, my classroom was better by the end of the year, but it still was not great. But when I took all those skills that I had, you know, practiced over the year and next year I started off right. Like I did not let the little things go. I dealt with things when they were small. And even though I had a lot of the same students, cause it was, a, it was a school where I taught like sixth, seventh and eighth grade. It was a small school. So I had a lot of the same students, but even so just that fresh start and being like, this is how it's going to be this year really made, it was just night and day better. And I was dealing with much smaller things. It did not escalate out of control. And it was just um, just so much better. So that was one of the things when I wrote create your dream classroom. And when I started teach for the heart, I wanted to just share some of these things that I learned because I know there's a lot of other teachers out there too, that just, I don't know. I'd even some, some, we get some training in college, but it's just until you're there, you just can't, I don't know. It's something you kind of have to just learn on your own. But if you have someone there telling, you know, here's some things to try, it's just so much more helpful. And I know a lot of teachers don't have the mentors that I did. And so I kind of want to, I'm glad for the opportunity to virtually mentor, you know, some others and, and help them out as my mentor teacher helped me. Well, I think about, so I went to grad school, like as soon as I graduated uh, college, I was immediately accepted into a grad school program that I've talked a lot about on the podcast. So people listening will know (laughs) what I'm talking about, but, um, what was really cool about it is that whole summer before I started my first year of teaching, I was in classes getting, um, 
basically teaching me how to start the first year. So they made us come up with this whole classroom management plan. So I went into my first year very like, like writing, I had written out everything I was going to do. And I think that for teachers who don't have an opportunity like that, first year teachers, they, I mean, there's like, it's not their fault. You get so excited about having your classroom. You want to decorate it and set it up and get it pretty and cute and whatever that you don't think about those like really basic things that you have to have in place literally on day one. Absolutely. I I agree. Like I, and I had even, I have even fewer excuses because I had seen, we even had to come back early and be part of a first, like the first two weeks of school. And I saw it and everything, but I was just so focused on the academic side, which I was all ready for, you know, I was all ready for the academic side, had that all down pat. And I just, yeah, I just, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I just, I had even been told you have to write out a plan. And I just didn't, I just didn't do it. And, um, and it was, it was a disaster. So yeah, it's so, it's just so helpful. So important to just, have a plan in class. I do just believe that classroom management is so important, not for its sake of itself, but it's just, it's just this foundation. If you have this strong foundation, then you can build on it almost whatever you want. But if you don't have that, anything else you try to do ends up crumbling and not working. So it's such an important area, even though it's not, none of us are excited about it, but it's so important. I remember my mom telling me when I started teaching, she was like, Kelly, always start out strict Mm -hmm. and then kind of loosen up because it's like you were saying, once you've (laughs) loosened up, it's real hard to come back. So you mentioned create your dream classroom. That's one of your books, right? Yes. Yeah. My first. And what is that one about? Um, I have a couple books. Uh, create your dream classroom was the first one and take heart and teach is my most recent one. And both of them are similar, um, in that they're, they're different than, you know, your typical book. It's like, you got a topic, you're going to dive into it. These are broken up into, you know, 40 to 50 short readings. So I know over the summer, I always liked to read a book and just kind of you know, get some ideas. And so that's what I, how I wanted to set it up. I wanted to set it up so you could just read a short selection each day and just gain a tidbit and, you know, just get some new ideas. So both books kind of cover a variety of topics from classroom management to just practical teaching tips to encouragement um, to balance. Uh, so both books just cover a range of topics in like these short bite-sized pieces to kind of just make it like a fun, easy read, but super practical. Mm-hmm. It's So it's it's... There's some theory in there, but it's a lot of just very practical ideas and tips. That's so fun. I want to write a book one day. So that's oh, so fun to should. talk to somebody who who has authored a book. And then you have Teach Uplifted. I'm looking at your website sure, right now, right? Yeah. Is that the one that you didn't mention that one, right? Yeah, Teach Uplifted yeah. is a devotional yeah. book. And I kind mm-hmm. I I wrote and did, I more compiled this book than wrote it. It's based off a mm-hmm. classic work uh, that's in the public domain uh, called The Christian Secret of a Happy Life. And so I've mm-hmm. taken that and compiled it together and added journal prompts. So it's now a devotion um, kind of geared towards teachers. That's so cool. I had wanted to like do something like that with my um, teachers at my school, like some kind of Bible study, but I never, I never went with it because I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any resources. So that's really cool. And I will definitely link to that in the show notes. So that way people, um, can go check it out. All right. I'm talking to teachers. So you already know that we have really limited time, right? I always tried to explain to my husband that when I go to work, I'm with kids for a majority of the day. So that keeps me from doing quote unquote work 
which is why many times I had to stay late, go early, or even bring work home. But no one wants to do that, and y'all know I am a huge advocate of keeping work at work so you can enjoy home at home, which is why I'm really excited to share with you about Ultimate Bundles. Ultimate Bundles is a company that does all the hard work of finding great resources for us. Basically, they choose a topic like productivity, photography, healthy meal planning, all sorts of topics, and then they scour the World Wide Web for great resources. They bundle them all together and then open the bundle for sale for only a few short days at a super, super, super discounted price. Then you, as the buyer, get to gain access to tons of eBooks, online courses, printables, summits, all sorts of stuff on whatever that topic is that the bundle's about. I think I've officially purchased three bundles from them, one on photography that I'm currently working through right now. I've also I bought one to on homemaking, so which... Let's be real. When I'm I not was a homemaker, like but there was some good stuff in there that I, I wanted, and one on blogging is an and experienced teacher. Home. She's been teaching this for time. They're launching a bundle years. on productivity, but which, from what I hear from a lot of you, is something that keeps you getting that class. How can we make the most of our with, time both at home you know and at school so that we can keep work at work? This bundle features 46 different products to the teacher that was even experienced in planners and packs. I think there's to all on the topic of being more productive and using our time wisely. With the difficult value of all. All of these resources put together is over $1,500, but um, for a short period a of time, it's selling for only One 37 is, sometimes which is why I bought a couple of those bundles in the past because we're not the price of the whole bundle and do. all the resources so I guess a lot of times was thing is, less than like buying I know, one even when online course or one like ebook. I had to keep myself, if you want to learn more about the Ultimate Bundle Productivity Bundle that's launching right now, you can head to this week's show notes for more information or bit.ly forward slash TSOT productivity. I really you know, am a huge believer so in Ultimate Bundles, there. and I would not share about then, them on my podcast um, if I didn't think the resources thing, they created are worth your time or worth your money. Just if you want to ramp up your productivity and make more of your time both at home and at school, then head like to bit.ly slash productivity to get your bundle now. But remember, part of the Ultimate Bundle deal is that it's only available for a short amount of time. So head there now to grab the bundle for $37. I think of this one student I had, and it was just... A, a disaster with them. I could share sto- all these stories. I won't go into them, but you know, we did. I say we did not get along. I had nothing against her, but she did, just did not like me, and she made sure I knew it. And I had her in sixth grade, and I was going to have her in seventh grade and eighth grade. So sixth grade was basically a disaster. Remember the first day of seventh grade? I was like, okay, fresh start. You know, I'm going to go. I went up to the first day. You know, hi, how, how was your summer? And she just turned around and like made a beeline away from me. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's going to be such a long year. But like over the course of the year, things started to change. And to make a long story short, by the time I had her in eighth grade, she was one of my best students. She came in and talked to me all the time. She was like, you're my favorite teacher. I mean, who know, you know, they, they all say that. But um, like we had this great rapport. And I remember her even saying, like, I can't believe I, like, beha- I was such an idiot in, se- in sixth grade. Like, I can't believe I was like that. And even just this past Christmas, like I got it. I haven't I haven't been her teacher for over five years and I got a Christmas card in the mail from her. I get one almost every year. Like who, who, I don't get a Christmas card from anybody else, but I get a Christmas card. Any of my other students, you know, but I, but she sends me a Christmas card and it just, I don't know. Sometimes those students that are the most frustrating, like turn out to be our greatest blessing, but it takes, it does, it's not, it's not a quick turnaround. It takes a really long time. So I don't know, just a bit of encouragement and, and you know, encouragement there. 
And then one last thing I guess I'd say, so, so, you know, check, check what you know to do, be encouraged, just keep at the fight. And then third, I do think sometimes there's almost, I have almost pictured as levels of classroom management. There's just kind of basic level you have to have, right. Where you're basically keeping control. But then there's also this kind of level on top of that where you're going deeper. So if you already have, you know, kind of your basic classroom management skills down and, you know, it's like you're still, you know, struggling with this particular class, I think there there are, you know, the kind of those bigger, those deeper skills, those more advanced skills that you can keep learning. And, and I just created a new course called Beyond Classroom Management where we kind of talk about some of these things, but finding ways to be more engaging, to make your classwork more engaging, uh, finding ways to pull in your students, kind of create leadership and ownership and responsibility in them. Um, and, you know, things like this, uh, you know, build continuing to build that rapport with them, those types of kind of, I, I say like more advanced skills because like you got to get the basics down first for some of these other things before you're ready for some of these skills. But if you've been teaching for a long time and you have the basics down, then kind of taking those things to that next, to that next level can, can help some of your students too. It's almost like using the community and the classroom yes, culture, the culture to help exactly. manage the mm-hmm. classroom. Yeah, like working to create that that culture where it's not, you know, me versus you, but it's like us working mm-hmm. together. And that's us. that's easier said than done, but the more you can work towards that um, can make a really big difference. Yeah. So I know that you talk about stress and management (laughs) as a teacher, stress and time management, I guess. So could you kind of give us three to five practical strategies or more if you have them, but whatever, Um, just a few ideas of ways for teachers, practical ways for teachers to manage the stress? Yes. Um, So it's it's interesting because when you talk about stress and balance, it's there's kind of two aspects but they tie together. There's your actual, like how busy you are. And then there's, how do you handle that mentally? So do you have a preference which way we go or? I think, I guess maybe the mental aspect, because this, that's, I think what teachers have to struggle with is like, we know how to get stuff done, but it's how do we stay cheerful and joyful and grateful for our jobs instead of I hate teaching. I hate, you know, I mean, you have those days where you leave and you're like, what in the world did I get myself into? So maybe kind of more the mental. Absolutely. So I think the first thing, a a couple here, um, one is to realize that you can't do everything and stop feeling guilty about that. So I think a lot of times we... We let ourselves feel guilty and then feel pressured and stressed about all the things we think we should be doing or all the things other people think we should be doing. And so I think one thing is to just realize I can't do everything. Like if I, if I were to agree to do, you know, these, all these, you know, five things that my administrator wants me to do, you know, I wouldn't be doing a good job at this. And so kind of developing that habit. Um, on one hand of, of saying no when you need, of, of being wise in what you say yes to and what you say no to. But then the mental aspect of that is not feeling guilty about that. You know, reminding yourself like, this is why I don't do this so that I can do this well. And, and not letting yourself feel guilty about that, but just really realizing like being wise in how you spend your time. And, and when you see stuff that you wish you could do, but you just don't have time for, once again, it's like, instead of feeling like, oh, I feel bad. I wish, you know, I, I wish I had more time to say, you know, hopefully the time will come. Maybe, you know, maybe next year, maybe in a future year when this and this isn't happening, I can do that. But just kind of 
I don't know, just realizing that you are finite and in kind of embracing that rather than fighting against that. So that's one. Um, second one you've heard before, but it's one of those things. It's like, we all know this, but do we actually do it is just spending time noticing the good and being grateful for it. Right. So it's like, there's so many difficult things that happen in our classroom and in our life all the time. And we can choose to focus on that, or we can choose to intentionally say, okay, but what's something good that happened today? And just that exercise of noticing something good and being thankful for it is just completely changes our outlook on, on the day. At least I find it does for me. And then the last one, if you don't mind me getting kind of deeper with this one, um, I don't know how many of how much of your audience, um, consider themselves people of faith. But for me, this is the biggest one. So I can't like not mention it, um, is just realizing that, you know, as a Christian, I know that God is in control and that he's placed me right where he wants me. And that anything difficult that comes into my life, whether it's a difficult student, a difficult class, a difficult administrator, you know, or just something in my personal life, like that has been allowed by him for a purpose. And the purpose might be so I can help someone else or so that I can grow and learn something new. And so just um, keeping that truth in mind um, just helps me to be able to trust that whatever, like, and kind of let go of the, of the, like, you know, where you're, where you feel like you are just wish something would stop. You still wish it would stop, but just can kind of just surrender to it and just work through it rather than just constantly getting upset about why is this happening? You know what I mean? So, um, that's, that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing for me is just kind of just trusting that this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be happening and knowing that, um, God's going to bring good out of it. So that's helpful for me. I don't know if it will be for anyone else, but. Well, I think that kind of ties in also to the second thing you said about being grateful for even the hard things. And it made me think this summer um, I dealt with like some severe anxiety and mm. um, just like a lot of just gunk was going on in our life. And so I reached out to my best girlfriends and um, one of them actually started a gratitude list. And she was like, I'm doing this with my friends every day, every morning we text each other 10 things that we're grateful for that day. Wow. And we started doing it and we have been doing it since probably mid July and almost every single day. We haven't the last couple of weeks cause it's been Christmas break and right. we're kind of whatever. But, um, I think about that. And when has I do that, well, it has, I don't know if the difference is because I'm not working and teaching full time anymore. <laughs> I don't know which it is, but I really do think it's made a difference because, um, sometimes I'll type my list at the end of the day because I'm in Germany, they're in Texas. So, um, sometimes I'll send it like three or four in the afternoon when they're just waking up. And so I've had time to kind of like reflect on my day and even the bad things or the hard things that have happened and able to see the good in it or how, you know, maybe it's helped me. So I think those last two things you said kind of tie in together when you take they the time do to be grateful for even the hard things, you're able to see how God is interweaving this together. Even if it doesn't feel good or um, is really difficult, you can still kind of step back and see maybe the bigger picture a little bit. 
Yeah. And no one, no one likes hard times, but when we look back, we see that like anytime we grew, it was because almost not every time, but often the biggest growth in our lives, you know, we learn the most, we grow the most when things are more difficult because it forces, you know, it forces us to, to grow. So I think focusing on that can be, can be helpful. I didn't prep you for this question at all. So if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to, but I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm living in Germany now and Sunday is everything is shut down on Sunday. Um, stores aren't open. Some restaurants are open, but everything is shut down. And it's been nice for me because I've been wanting to practice this idea of Sabbath. Mm -hmm. But when I was teaching, it was so hard because that only gives me Saturday to get stuff done. Um, but now that I'm kind of like forced to just be at home on Sunday and be with my husband and our dogs, um, I've been trying to implement it more. So I'm curious if you, implement a Sabbath at all, or if you did while you were teaching and how you manage that? No, that's a great question. Um, I do, but I'm not, you know, legalistic or, or like stress about it. Um, but I do, I do. And I, I'm trying to remember, I was actually asking myself this the other day, like, did I ever work on Sunday when I was teaching? And I don't, I don't think I'd say like, I didn't ever do anything, but I did try to take that day and not plan big tasks for it. Like I know a lot of teachers Sunday night, is there like time to plan Mm -hmm. for the week? And I, that's never been like that for me. I always tried to get it done ahead of time if possible. You know, I, I I would always try to get things done by Friday was my ideal, you know, but if I didn't, I'd I'd work on it on Saturday. I do think I I would challenge people that, you know, this, if this idea sounds intriguing to you to try it for a few weeks and see what you think, you know, because I do, um, I don't think the Bible in the new Testament that it's necessarily this thing where it's like, you cannot work at all, but just, so it's not like this legalistic, you must do it just like this thing. But the concept of a Sabbath rest is all throughout scripture. And it's hardwired into us, you know, to just need that time away. And you know, like Saturday is very rarely actually a day off. It's more our day to like catch up on everything else we didn't get done in the week. So having that day on Sunday, just to um, you know, go to church, rest, spend time with family, I think is just phenomenal. And if it sounds impossible, it's really more a matter of just shifting when you're doing stuff. Um, I think, you know, it's more, it's more just saying if, if you, if you really try to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to try, I, I want to have everything done that I need to for Monday, you know, before Sunday, you, you might be surprised how much you can fit that in. Um, if you, if you make that in, an, an intentionality, so I, I yeah I I do um, like I said I don't I'm not saying I never do anything like when I was doing my subposition I might grade a few papers but um, but I do try for the most part to to leave Sunday as a day of rest and it's um, it's I really enjoy that I find it helpful. I remember my our youth pa- not our youth pastor our pastor back at our church in Texas he would always say Sunday is um, for praying and playing you come to church and you pray and then you go play. <laughs> Have you heard of the book called Rhythms of Rest by Shelley Miller? I haven't. Okay, so she wrote this book, um, and it's it's on the idea of Sabbath. And I read it, last, I guess, maybe two summers ago. And it was actually really eye-opening for me because she talked about, I think when we think Sabbath from this like biblical perspective, we think that, like you said, it's very legalistic. It has to be on Sunday. I can't do anything. Like I have to sit and, you know, read my Bible or, you know, like I can't have any fun or whatever. And she really opened my eyes to 
how Sabbath can even be a couple hours during the week, you know, giving yourself Wednesday evening to go work in your garden because that's what gives you life and brings you joy. And, um, basically like looking in your life at what you enjoy doing that kind of connects you to God and viewing that as a time of rest and Sabbath, because even though you're still physically doing something, you're, I guess, the mental yes. Sabbath. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I really enjoyed, um, that book and just kind of like reading it from a different perspective, the idea of Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. It is interesting. You mentioned that cause I didn't read that book, but I read a book by Christopher Ash on burnout mm-hmm. and it was kind of directed towards minute like pastors, but I found so many applications for teachers. Cause I really believe we, teachers are like in a ministry yes. position, you know? So I think there's a lot of parallels, but he was talked about a lot of the same things, just like how God designed our body to need rest, to need sap, like Sabbath, to need refreshment, to need friends. And I think a lot of times as teachers, we can, we can get this martyr syndrome a little bit where we're just like, I have to do all these things for everyone else. And we're giving and giving and giving. And of course, like that's what we are called to give, but like, we can't, if we don't institute some of these patterns of rest that God designed for us, like we're going to burn out. And, and if, and I just think that's so helpful to keep in mind. Like if, if we burn out, if we don't have like, if we, or, you know, go all the way to burnout or even those approaching, you know, where you're approaching that and you're just like, I, I'm just not functioning at the level I want to be, then it's not doing our students any good, you know? So, um, it is, it's not a selfish thing at all to realize like, I need rest. I need refreshment. Like you said, whether it's a full day of Sabbath or just finding a few hours to do something refreshing. Um, I, I do think that's so, that's so important. Like not ju- it's not a selfish thing. It's, 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 it's p- part of what, enables us to keep doing things long-term. I love that you just said about it not being selfish. Cause I told you, I literally just got off the internet or the phone. I wasn't, what do you say? Like on the phone? I don't know. I was recording with somebody <laughs> else um, for another podcast episode. And they, they said the exact same thing. They were talking about how we believe um, taking time for yourself is not selfish. It's actually selfless. Yeah. It, the idea of like, you know, we think that as teachers, it's not okay to, not that we don't think it's okay to take time for ourselves, but our priority is always the kids. And that's kind of like right. one of my frustrations with teaching is that we, we feel like it's always all about the kids and it is, but we can't be all about the kids if we don't, if we're not all about ourselves also. Right. It's like that old adage, like put on your own, ox- <laughs> put on, like in the yes, flights, yes. Right? put on your own oxygen mask first, or you're going to pass out and you can't help anybody else. Right, so right. yeah, I think it's so important. So will you wrap up by telling us, um, you kind of mentioned already, but the beyond management course, and then you also have another course, right? They like a classroom management 101. Is that, yeah, is that we right? have a couple, we have a couple classroom management courses and they're all available at academy.teachfortheheart.com. And we have a free mini course, which kind of just helps you, you know, if things are kind of going off the rails, kind of helps you regain control in just three days. And then our first, our like main course is classroom management 101, which is designed to, um, kind of just give you, I, I say classroom management is so nuanced that sometimes you feel like I'm doing all these things. Like, what am I missing in kind of what, if you're missing one or two elements, it really can throw a wrench in everything. So that's kind of designed to be like your complete organized system. So you make sure you're not missing any of those crucial elements and we kind of walk through it step by step. 
And then just this past fall, we um, just released a new course called Beyond Classroom Management, um, which is more designed for those who already have a basic handle on classroom management, but want to take things to the next level. And so it's about creating that culture, that classroom culture where it's not you versus me, it's us working together, where there's that mutual respect, where students are engaged and wanting to learn, um, and also you know taking responsibility for themselves and for their own learning. Um, and so that's, um, yeah, our Beyond Classroom Management course. Are they both like kind of work through your own at your own pace thing? Are they like you have to sign up because we launched this day? No, they're all self-paced. And um, that's, yes, they're all self-paced. And there's some suggested pacing, but it's totally up to you. And so the community aspect is kind of there in the comments. You can read through and see what other teachers, their other teachers' thoughts about it, but you can do it all at your own pace, um, which, which I hope that that's helpful. I think most teachers find that helpful. The self-paced thing is totally what we need. Yes. So will you tell us also where we can find you, um, website, social media, all that kind of stuff? Sure. Um, the website is uh, teachfortheheart.com. It's teach the number four, theheart.com. And then all those courses we mentioned are at academy.teachfortheheart.com. And then you can find Teach for the Heart on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we also have a, uh, a group for Christian teachers on Facebook as well. Um, you can find that at the bottom of our website. It's down in the footer or link to that. Oh, I'll have to go check that out. I haven't seen that yet. So I'll have to go join that. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for chatting with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I am so grateful for the time that I got to spend chatting with Linda. She shared a lot of really practical ideas that will all be on my website, of course, and encouragement. Some of the things we already know, but we need to be reminded of. Just like our students who constantly need to be reminded of rules, expectations, guidelines, we're the same. We know what is best practice, what's best for ourselves, but sometimes we lose it. And I'm so glad that Linda came on and reminded us of some of those truths that we already know, but can be hard to hang on to. If you want to grab any of our books or join the Teach Uplifted program that's going on right now, I'll link to it in my show notes, or you can go to bit.ly forward slash TSOT uplift. Also, if you're here because you're a Teach for the Heart listener who found their way over here through Linda, thank you so much for stopping by and for listening. I'm really, really glad to have a new listener. I hope that you will add Simply Teach to your list of podcasts. And over my website, I share about how you can become an email subscriber, get free resources, and tons of blogs on organization and management routines. If you have a minute, would you do me a favor and head over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast? I would so appreciate it. Teacher friends, I'd like to take a minute really quick to tell you about my ebook, The Simply Organized Classroom. When I first started the Simply Organized Teacher, I wanted a way to put all of my most valuable thoughts and ideas out there to support teachers. So I wrote this ebook. If you're a new teacher, student teaching, or getting ready to start the new school year, then this is a great investment you can make to help you know where to get started before the new year or something that you can use right smack dab in the middle of the year to help you with your organization and management in the classroom. There's seven different chapters all related to classroom organization and classroom management. Of course, I talk about things that can benefit teachers of all experience levels. A few of the topics that I cover are setting up a classroom and how we typically go about setting up and getting ready for a new year backwards. 
I share my ideas on classroom management plans, how many you should have, and what you can do when you have kids that don't do well with your whole group or your individual plans. I write about school dynamics and working with other teachers. And then, of course, there's a whole chapter devoted to first-year teachers. And I talk about how to organize and manage your materials, your student materials, all sorts of stuff. If any of these topics sound like an area you could improve on, want to learn more, or just get some new ideas, then head over to my website to learn more and purchase your copy. You can also use the short link, which is bit.ly slash TSOT ebook to go straight to it. That one might be a little bit easier to remember. Also, just a little tidbit, if you sign up for my email list, you'll get the opportunity to purchase the ebook for a reduced rate. It's on my website for $12, but as a new email subscriber, you can get it for eight. So if you want to sign up for my email list to get the lower price, then you can head to bit.ly slash TSOT email. And as a podcast listener, you can use the code simply teach to get 10% off any purchases that you make in the shop. Friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of simply teach. Don't forget to head over to the simply for all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and you can sign up for my email list there. Also be sure to find the Facebook group because I want to be your social media friend. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.